the Anesthesia podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Mike Charles. I'm one of the editors of Anesthesia and I'm here at this excellent meeting in London with the Association of Anesthetists. And this morning we were lucky enough to see Human Factors Guideline, which has recently been published just on Wednesday evening. And we saw Professor Frick and we saw Dr. Fiona Kelly talk about the guidelines and deliver all the important recommendations. We're just going to spend the next five to 10 minutes talking about the background here because I've got with me uh, the lead author, Fiona Kelly. So hi, Fiona, how are you? Hi, Mike. Hi, nice to see you. Great. So it was very well received, um, certainly on Twitter and in the audience Thank and online. Uh, we've got lots of retweets. It's all over the place. Um, but this has been very much in the making for a long time now. Um, yeah. Five years of hard work. So what actually made you want to write this guideline and how did it come about? Well, it all, um, all follows on for the work of Martin Bromley, really, following the wife, his wife, Elaine, dying in 2005. He set up the Clinical Human Factors Group. Um, and despite all of his amazing work and, and that of many of his colleagues, um, airway emergencies and anesthetic deaths continued to occur with human factors being contributory factors. So it was actually the president of Difficult Airway Society back in 2017 who rang up and said, I think that we need to do something here. Can you help? And then the Association of Anesthetists um, joined forces. So we set up a, a, a sort of a collaboration between the two societies. And you're right, it's taken five years from start to publication. Fantastic. And um, there were obviously lots of authors, and I'm sure there have been lots of meetings over those five years. Yeah. Um, what were the main sort of hurdles to get over um, to arrive at those recommendations, which we went through this morning? Well, I think to start off, it was it's a brand new topic. So it was just, it was where to start really. And um, what we've tried to do is learn lessons from other safety critical industries. You know, if everyone always talks about aviation, but very much the case for offshore oil and gas and nuclear power and the construction industry. So we're really lucky not only to we also had a group of clinicians, anaesthetists and an ODP, but we had industrial psychologists um, with Rona Flynn and obviously got a huge, enormous amount of um, expertise there. We had a human factors scientist, Alexandra Lang, who um, she was head of the healthcare division of the Chartered Institute of Economics and Human Factors. So she brought her expertise from there. And Nick Sevdalis, who's a professor of implementation science. So there were three real heavyweights um, and who brought a completely different um, set of skills and experience and was just trying to work out how we could learn those lessons for other industries and make it applicable to us as anesthetists and our teams. Yeah, and I guess it's, it's applicable um, to a lot of healthcare professionals um, as well as anesthetists. Um, and the thing that strikes me is how healthcare as a safety critical industry is, is very different to some of the other industries like the airline industry and, and nuclear power and, and all these other things that we compare ourselves against. Um, why, why do we do things so differently with healthcare in terms of um, how we implement and how we think about human factors? Yeah, that's actually what's really come out of this work is that in other safety critical industries, they really prioritize the design of safe working environments, safe working practices, safe design, you know, safe systems, safe equipment. Um, and by doing that, they make a really nice firm and stable foundation of safety. Whereas actually in healthcare at present, that emphasis is less, that design, the emphasis on design is less in healthcare. So we're relying instead on really high performance from us healthcare workers. Um, and I think all people who, all healthcare workers can, can relate to that. But the yeah. problem with that is that human performance is liable to fall and a 
high stress uh, environment and this is well recognized and there's a good physiological basis to explain why. So although we're relying on human performance, it's not a reliable method of maintaining safety. Hence, all our colleagues from other industries saying we need to be emphasizing design and optimizing our design if we are to make real changes here. So as you can probably hear, we've got the ATTAC team uh, preparing for their live session, um, which is going to be a live trauma moulage. And I'm sure we're going to be talking there about human factors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But before we hand over and, and we go over to that session, um, what are the main things that anaesthetists can do today to change their practice based on this guideline? Yeah. yeah and what we really wanted to do right at the beginning is, is produce some guidelines that have practical suggestions, things that everyday anaesthetists like me and, and you can do. So um, in the guideline paper, um, there are nine tables and the ninth one's all about implementation strategies. And it's got recommendations, things you could do tomorrow without asking permission. It's also got things that might take weeks or months and might need liaison with colleagues and uh, again you know, quite achievable so for each recommendation in our paper we've got um, some suggestions and do go away have a look at those and they're just suggestions just to start yeah. other people have other ideas but that was what our guideline group came up as a starting point well thank you very much um, I do recommend everyone goes away and uh, reads beyond the infographic and beyond the summary and, and goes into a lot of detail, not just into the guideline paper, but also the narrative review as well that's out there. Yes, today. that's right, because they're designed to be read together. The narrative review is what we know to date about human facts anesthesia and the guideline paper is what we recommend happens next. Yep, and both are free to access. Yes, free um, to access. So read the full paper and print it out, give it to your colleagues, use it in departments, uh, and this is a really good example of a paper that can actually change practice. Oh, thank you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. <laughs> the Anesthesia Podcast. <laughs>